All right, uh, poem about Vietnam. I wrote several poems. Uh, this one in particular, I think, is very germane to the whole uh, issue of what's going on with our armed forces right now. They're fighting for a cause that, in my judgment, is just absolutely a criminal waste of lives and money. But here's, here's the poem. Yellow with three stripes of red. How many are now dead so that you can fly as high as my old glory? You live only because others have died. And because you live, you're only half alive. What a pity, what a waste to fight for a flag as ugly as you. A yellow field with three red stripes in the middle. You're listening to Love and Radio. I'm Nick Vanderkolk. Today's episode, Mr. Jones Goes to Washington, featuring Art Jones. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do with my life. I went through a whole series of jobs, and I couldn't settle down on one particular thing. I worked for uh, Frito-Lay Corporation, working in the powder cheese division. (laughs) The powder cheese would come down this big chute into a big drum with a plastic bag there to catch all the, the, the cheese. When it got to 250 pounds, I'd have to put a lid on it and roll it off onto a pallet. And I thought, this is no kind of job at all, you know? Plus, I couldn't stand the smell of the powdered cheese. It was just me. So they put me in the caramel corn division, and that was even worse. So then they put me in the paraffin division, where my job was to reach inside hot ovens and take out long sticks of paraffin. My forearms were, were getting burned all the damn time and had to do it within a certain period of time, right? Ah, this foreman comes along to me and he told me that, uh, you know, I was holding up the thing, I wasn't fast enough, blah, blah, blah. So we got a big argument and I, I slugged him. You punched him? I punched him, yeah. When I walked out the damn door, walked down the block to the uh, Army Recruiting Depot there, Decided to hell with it. I just signed up for the Army. So I went from basic training, went to Fort Ord, California. I was there for a few days, called up my father. I told him, I said, hey, Dad, I said, the longer I stay here, the less chance I have of, of you know, going to Vietnam because they re- uh, they're sending guys uh, to Germany from California. They're flying them over to Germany, for God's sakes, instead of sending them to Vietnam. I got to thinking, this is a pointless war. The way we're fighting that war, we're not going to win it. It was another UN-controlled, no-win war. So I decided to be a war protester. So I went into the PX, I bought myself some civilian clothes, and I went AWOL. I figured, I've never been in California before, probably never see it again. So why not enjoy it? I'm making my living selling hippie newspapers on Fisherman's Wharf. I'd buy them for like five cents a copy, 
and then I'd sell them for a buck a copy to the tourists. Oh, look, Martha, here's a real hippie, you know. The provost Marshal comes to see me, and he says, uh, you say you want to protest this war? Is that what you want to do, son? I said, yes, sir. He says, if you want a cart, Marshal, we'll oblige you. He says, but, he said, I'm going to tell you, he said, the men on that court-martial board, they're going to be Vietnam veterans. And they're going to look at you, and they're going to consider you either you're a communist traitor or you're a coward. In either case, you're going to get a dishonorable discharge, probably get some time in prison, and when you get out, your life won't be worth a fuck. That's exactly what he said to me. So if you want to go through with it, Go ahead, he said, or he said, you can sign this flight manifest right here, which says you're volunteering for duty in Vietnam. So I signed the flight manifest, got on the plane in handcuffs, <laughs> and they kept me in handcuffs until I landed in Vietnam. There were 16 million men that served in Vietnam, and I was one of the few that actually participated in that invasion of Cambodia. And I was in the third wave. By that time, it was getting dark. The first two waves got the hell shot out of them because the enemy was already in place there, and they just turned their guns on the helicopters. The ones that tried to land, they had, it was in elephant grass, tall grass, but they had planted these huge bamboo spikes in the ground. So when the helicopter would land, they'd, the damn thing would go right up through the floor of the helicopter and impale the, the copter, and then the enemy would swarm out of the, out of the ground and, uh, and attack them. Wow. And so the wave that I was in, they said, we're not landing, forget about it, get ready to jump. I said, jump? I said, that's right. I said, try to land on your back. I jumped from about 15, 20 feet in the air to land on my back. That was a hell of a landing, let me tell you. But the guy next to me, I don't know who he was. He landed on one of those spikes and went right through him. And he just, he was dead, you know, that killed him right off the bat. It just bleh, like that, you know, and he just lay in there like that. And we were ordered, where you land, you dig a trench with your little entrenching tool, a little shovel that, you know, flips out. What you do is you dig a trench that's the length of your body and maybe about about that deep. That's about two and feet. And that's your fighter position. Okay. Essentially, you were digging your own grave is what you were doing. Well, then it started to rain. I thought, oh, shit, rain. And the water starts filling up. Next thing you know, I've got about 10,000 bugs crawling all over the place. I dug into a termite column. Can you imagine what that's like? Had all these creepy things crawling all over me, you know, it just, but I couldn't leave my position. I had to stay there all night long. Just, oh, I can't believe the, the, the uh, I can still see the damn things crawling, you know.
when when did you first uh, when did you first run for Congress? Oh, well, that was 1984. Okay, I felt that the direction the country was going, these senseless wars in the Middle East. All right, I just couldn't sit back and let it go on without trying to do something to stop it. Right. And that was my whole motivation. I told people when I was getting my signatures, they said, well, what's your issue, Mr. Jones? My main issue, I said, is I want to do what I can to stop these senseless, costly, criminal wars in the Middle East. I said, in my opinion, the so-called war on terrorism is a total waste of lives and money. Just to start out, could you introduce yourself? Yeah. So my name is Mariah Wolfel. I'm a morning producer and reporter at WBEZ, Chicago Public Radio. So who is Art? Can you talk a little bit about his history in electoral politics? Yeah. um, He's always run as a congressional candidate in the 3rd District, as far as I can see. And he's ran in... 2006, 2008, 2012, the state GOP has always gotten someone to run against him. And I think they got him kicked off the ballot in 2016 because of signature problems with his signatures. But yeah, I mean, he he hovers around, he gets, you know, between like 10 to 30 percent of the vote each time. And just to sort of set the scene, like what what is the, the Illinois third? It has parts of the southwest side of the city, but it's mostly made up of the south suburbs. South and southwestern suburbs has been represented by Dan. Been held by the same Democratic family for the past 36 years. Lipinski inherited the seat from his father, William Lipinski. He's a conservative Democrat. Pro-life, against same-sex marriages, and voted against the Affordable Care Act. But, you know, it does have a lot of conservative voters, and that's why the Lipinski family has been able to last and have such a stronghold in that district. So it's it's an interesting place. So it's time for a change, quite frankly. I mean, it's ridiculous. It makes a mockery of the whole democratic process to have these dynasties established. Anyways. So what did you do about it? Well, I kept, I kept, I kept running, and I kept running, kept running. How many times did you run for the third, the third Illinois district specifically? Seven. Seven times. Seven it's times like since the eighties, basically. Yeah. Okay. So what happened? So what happened last year? Well, what happened last year was I waited till the last day to file my petition. A very low key. I didn't put any announcements in the paper that I'm running for office or anything like this. I just went door to door with my petitions. Quietly got the signatures, waited till the last day to file, turned them in, and to my utter astonishment, they had nobody to run against me in the primary. So I ended up being the only candidate on a Republican primary ballot. And if I only voted for myself, I would have won because there was nobody running against me. Many Republicans are embarrassed by the only GOP candidate in the primary. He is Arthur, Arthur Jones. Jones, who has tried unsuccessfully for the Illinois House Senate several times since the 90s. He won't give up. For the seventh time, Arthur Jones is running as a Republican in Illinois' third congressional district. As the only Republican on the ticket, it looks like he is about to win the primary next month. A special message to you from Arthur Jones, your conservative Republican candidate for congressman. 
where I stand. Repeal all multinational treasonous trade treaties. Negotiate new bilateral trade agreements to bring back our jobs. No taxes on minimum wage workers or their tips. Repeal Obamacare. Term limits for all federal judges. Gun owners' rights, including concealed carry for personal protection. Build the wall. Bring our troops home now to defend our borders. No more sanctuary cities. No amnesty for illegal alien criminals or the vicious gangs. Pro-life, yes. Homosexual marriage and adoption of children by homosexuals, no. It's time to put America first. American workers first, American seniors first, American families first, American veterans first. For details on these issues, please see my website. I got 20,435 votes. 70% 70% of every Republican vote that was cast. Right. That was just the primary. I got this in the mail. State Board of Elections, to whom it may concern, we do hereby certify that at a primary election held in the state of Illinois on the 20th day of March 2018, that Arthur J. Jones of Lyons, Illinois, was duly nominated by the Republican Party as a candidate for the Office of Representative in Congress. 3rd Congressional District to be voted on for an election to be held in the state of Illinois on the 6th day of November 2018. I was proud as a peacock when I got this. So that's when all the publicity started. Mr. Jones is going to be the Republican candidate for Congress in a suburb of Chicago, and that's big news because he is an actual Nazi. A former leader of the American Nazi Party is running for Congress in Illinois. Racist. Holocaust denier and the Republican candidate for Congress. Jones's association with racist and anti-Semitic groups dates back at least to the 70s. The 70-year-old retired insurance agent prides himself as a white supremacist anti-Semite who believes the Holocaust didn't exist. The white majority are fed up with all of these lying, cheating, thieving, warmongering, child molesting, political pimps and whores of this corrupt and decadent two-party, Jew-party, queer-party system. Now, President Trump, he has surrounded himself with hordes of Jews, including a Jew in his own family. That punk named Jared Kushner. I'm sorry I voted for him. If I could take the vote back, I would in a minute. You'll never get it again. Amen. White power! Arthur Jones, that Republican candidate for Illinois' 3rd District, joins us now. Mr. Jones, it is shocking to hear how vocally and unapologetically racist you are. Are you a Nazi? Eh, there's no Nazi party to speak of in this country anymore. You know, really. There's people that that call themselves National Socialists, but as far as any organized uh, National Socialist movement, it's kaput. Nothing like what I belonged to when I was in the National Socialist White People's Party. That was the Nazi party. And what was it about the Nazi party that, that... They told the truth. Right. They told the truth. 
They said that communism was Jewish, and it was. They said the Jews have far too much influence on our country, and they do. They said that racial equality is just a lot of Marxist claptrap, and it is. They said that the, all that we call civilization is a byproduct of our of our race, which it is. Okay, I mean, I thought, my God, you know, they're telling me the truth. So I moved to Milwaukee. I got very, very involved with the local unit there. I became what's called the director of public relations for the unit. Put out the press releases. I designed the flyers and the leaflets and everything. And, and uh, I ran for mayor of Milwaukee in 1976. I finished in fourth place campaigning as an open national socialist, complete with a swastika. We had car caravans. We had rallies. We had meetings. Get this. I was the first one to have television commercials as a National Socialist. I did a commercial. It had me sitting behind a desk with a false bookcase behind me. That was the stage they set up for me. Looked like a real scholar there with, uh, <laughs> with all kinds of books and everything, but it was a fake, fake design. But it looked real uh, on TV, you know. And I'm sitting there and I've got a double-breasted uh, blue blazer on with a nice, nice tie and everything. On one side is a stormtrooper. On the other side is a stormtrooper standing at parade rest with their arm behind their back and their swastika armband, brown shirts. And I'm sitting there at the desk and there's an American flag on one side, a swastika flag on the other side, and me in the center of this thing. And then the music would come on. It was a little jingle. Ring that bell, shout for joy, Milwaukee's day is here. Gather all the liberals up and herd them on the pier. Stand up for your rights, make your wishes clear. It's time to show just how you feel. Vote for Jones this year. Dum dum ding ding. After that election, I was asked by the party commander, Matt Kale, if I would be willing to man the party headquarters in Cicero because they were having trouble keeping guys there. They just couldn't stand being locked up like that because the headquarters, the way it was designed, it used to be a doctor's office, but they bricked up all the windows. So all you had there was a little peephole with a steel door. There were no windows. You couldn't look out or anything on the lower floor where we were. And a lot of guys were getting claustrophobic, I guess, from that sort of thing. They, did, they just couldn't stand it. They just had to get out, you know. Well, I signed on, and I stayed on for two and a half years. Then the Jews, they're producing this movie, The Blues Brothers. And they, they needed some props for the movie. And they see our ad in the Yellow Pages. So they call it up, and I answered the phone. They said that they were producing a movie and would it be possible to buy some material, you know, to add to the, to the realism of the film? And I said, certainly. So I gave them the address. And before they got there, I changed all the prices and all the merchandise. Flag that we were selling normally for $25, I made it $50. Armbands normally were going for like $5, I made it $10. Books that we were selling for like $10, I made it $15. I gave them a National Socialist uh, discount. <laughs> and when they came in, these producers, they were dressed in 
plain clothes, no fancy suits or anything, just looking like plain working men. But they had the telltale Jewish snaz, you know, and the, and the curly hair and everything, you know. Anyways, if you see the movie, just about everything in that movie, except for the coffee can hats, I sold them. Election night, 2018. America It's a momentous election night in America, and we're about to... Tonight, Democrats aim to take back the House for the first time... As polls close across the country at this hour, we are here with the entire NBC News team to bring you all the results and what they'll mean for you on this night for the history books. The result was, I actually received... 57,885 votes. And that absolutely astounded the media. The Sun-Times wrote an editorial that started this way. How in the hell did I not to get 57,000 votes? I guess there's like, like a bunch of theories that you could have, right? Which is, there's a, there's a certain number of people who aren't aware and they just vote straight Republican. And then there are people, there could be people who are aware but don't actually care. Or I guess it's, I suppose it's possible that he got like half the vote. That reduction was made up for by a bunch of like, a bunch of folks who are really excited about voting for a Nazi coming out of the woodwork. If that's the other theory too. So having like spoken with people in the district, like what, like what do you feel like is the answer? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have an answer for that. Um, I think it's just, with the reporting that I've done, at least, impossible to tell. Um, people either knew who Art Jones was and didn't vote for him and were completely fine voting for the Democrat, even as Republicans, or didn't know who Art Jones was at all. I didn't find anyone who knew who Art Jones was and voted for him. So that would seem to, and obviously it's not scientific, but that would seem to indicate that, that you know, eight, something like 89% of GOP voters in that district are just so tuned down. I mean, yeah, it's the best case scenario, and it's still like a large amount of people who are voting just completely without any knowledge. So um, it's still, still pretty depressing. <laughs> I'm wondering, does the name Art Jones mean anything to you? Uh, no, I don't think I've heard of him. I don't even have my hearing aids in, so I can't. Arthur Jones? Does that ring a bell? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. I don't recall the name, and I don't even... Wow, that would be disturbing, wouldn't it? Art Jones? Does that name ring a bell for you? Yes, that does, actually. I visited his website. Now you I did? recall that. <laughs> yes, that was disturbing. Um, I'm a registered Republican. Um, I know who Art Jones is, and I would not vote for that man for because of who he is. What a jerk. I don't know. I'm waiting for him to come here. Come here, like, to your door? Yeah, because I'll run him out. As a Republican, that's nothing that I would stand for or believe in. And I can't believe that uh, they don't do something, somebody don't do something about running him out of business or something. My husband and I were making phone calls today to find out what we can do to make sure that this never happens again. Everybody I know, no, nobody I know voted for that man. All of us that are Republicans. I mean, Democrat or Republican. I don't believe anybody who has an interest in our country and our neighbors wouldn't support 
and that seek views. Yeah. Uh, he ended up getting almost 60,000 votes in the general. Really? Yeah. Like, who voted for him? Well, that's the question. That's why Another Nazi? Folks. <laughs> I, you know, my, my suspicion is that it's people who were just voting Republican without knowing who it was. Got it. And um, you voted, do you just vote, like, straight down the Republican Party ticket line? Not at first. At first, I was trying to pick... Uh, candidates that had policies that agreed with Trump. If I didn't see any Trump candidates, I just voted Republican just because I just got into politics right when Trump was running. And I actually learned more about politics since Trump's been running in these past two years than I did in my previous 36 years. Okay. My story is about a candidate named Art Jones. Did you hear about Art Jones no. at all? Okay. Yeah. He was on this last ballot? Yeah. Okay. He was. he was a congressional candidate running against Dan Lipinski. Okay. Well, I, like I said, I did. If, if he was the only, was he the only Republican? Mm-hmm. I voted for him now. Okay. Art Jones is kind of a, he, well, he is a self-proclaimed Nazi um, and a white supremacist. And so, no, but he ran on the Republican ticket because not many Republicans run out here in the third district. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I guess, knowing that, how do you feel having voted for him? Uh, kind of mad now because I believe, uh, I believe anyone who has those views, they're going to right away try and put it on Trump. Like, hey, look, Trump is backing this guy, you know. But I definitely regret voting for him. Um, if I had to redo it, I wouldn't have voted for either one. I'll say this. This Art Jones guy, I've never heard of him, so he can't be that bad. I could tell you uh, over 20 Democratic candidates that probably did did and said worse things that than that guy Art Jones did. And I don't even know who he is, so what has he really done? I mean, anyone could say, look at my head. I could say I'm I'm a Nazi, but I'm not. If you look at my head, I, I got scars, battle wounds, you know what I mean? So is he really a self-proclaimed racist, or is he just got a shaved head and people are calling him that? Oh, no, I've talked to him. You like, his website has a picture of him with a, with a swastika. Okay. I don't like that. Uh, I wish the media would have did a better job of putting the facts out there, definitely. But again, you got to blame that on the Democrats. Look at they run Chicago, they run Illinois, they put billions of dollars in advertising, they flood the radio waves and the news waves, and that right there is what prevented the word being put out about this guy Art Jones, you know, and. It's a shame. I think there should be something in our Constitution that automatically disqualifies people from even running like that. Um, If they were a Nazi? If they're a Nazi or proclaim white power or Jewish power. Any... And let me tell you this. There are a hundred times more black in Mexican hate groups than there are Nazis. To me, the Nazi thing is something that was a problem in the 50s. It's not a problem right now. You don't hear any black people being lynched or, you know, I mean, if anything, it's the other way around. If you actually look at statistics, white people are the most oppressed and the most victimized race. Statistically, this whole war the Democrats have on cops, if you look at those statistics, more white people are shot by shot and killed by cops than blacks. But you don't you don't hear those facts. 
And if you look at the statistics, uh, I urge anyone who actually wants facts, don't listen to the media. Go look it up on websites. They got local statistics, nationwide statistics. White people are the most victimized race by far, and it's not even close. It's not even close. There is no more black oppression. The past 30 years, it's been white oppression. Our rights have been being taken. We've been victimized. But you don't hear our people saying it on TV or complaining about it and whining about it. That's the problem is you got all these news stations. They push out all this propaganda and all this like white oppression and white hate. And the Nazis are here when the Nazis been gone for 50 years. Right now, what's here is La Raza, MS-13, Black Panthers, and they all are against white people. Every one of them. Okay. All right, great. Well, it was it was good talking it was a to you. It's pleasure talking to you. And um, thank you so much for all your time. I think yes. I got your last name right. You're... In terms of the the number of votes that you got, the most prominent argument that I've heard is that a lot of people didn't know who they were voting for. They just are straight-ticket Republicans. Do you think that's true? That's total bullshit. Right. And you can quote me on that. That's total bullshit. Okay? I mean, 57,885. That just means the ideas that you're you're espousing... Please don't take offense. They're they're somewhat out of the mainstream, I would say. No, they're not. You think they are mainstream? They are the mainstream. Okay. What's out of the mainstream... Uh, all these liberal ideas. America now is becoming just a third world dumping ground, okay? And these people will absolutely destroy this country if we don't deal with them and deal with them in a very firm manner. I'm just standing up. I'm saying what people want to say, but they're afraid to say because they have families to support. They got jobs they want to keep. My wife has a, has a part-time job, and uh, she's a retired uh, teacher. It wasn't for her, quite frankly. I'd probably be out in the street with a tin cup like I see a lot of white guys, you know? Big, healthy white men, and out there begging money. It's shameful, and it shouldn't be tolerated. And it wouldn't be necessary in the kind of government that I envision. And that's why I say, uh, you know, anybody that voted for me, they knew who they were voting for, okay? Our- I, I don't want to cut things short, but I'm actually quite desperate for a bathroom, and I feel like we've kind of we've kind of covered a lot of it. Oh, all right. Um, so I, I didn't I didn't mean to, I didn't think it was going to last this long yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. Quite frankly, I mean uh, just. I feel, I feel but here you, uh, I'm giving you this this information here. The this all this literature you can read it at your. Especially read this. All right. The state of Illinois wants to legalize marijuana. When I was in the Army, okay, I tried it once. All right. On, on behalf of my bladder, I have to ask you to wrap it up. I'm really <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> to think of all the thousands of people that are going to be high on drugs, you know, getting in their cars, driving up and down the highways, for God's sakes. I mean, it's just going to be a total disaster. Well, on, on that note, let's we'll let, let that be the final word. I really... <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You've been. It's been, it's been listen, like. I want to show you one more thing here. Just a book. All right. In the 2018 general election, 
Art Jones received just under 58,000 votes. That's about 10% fewer votes than the last Republican candidate to run in the district. That's it for Love and Radio. This episode was produced and sound designed by Stephen Jackson, with reporting contributed by Mariah Wolfel. It also featured music by Capital K, Warp and Rom, Syrinx, Emily Sprague, Mark Barreca, Palmbomben 2, Lee Yalay, Ursula K. Le Guin and Todd Barton, Kishosis, Time Warp, Mess Noir, and Champagne Dub. You can find playlists of all the music we use up on our website. It's loveandradio.org. Love and Radio is produced by Stephen Jackson and Julia DeWitt. Our managing producer is Phil Demohofsky. Love and Radio is an independent project and a labor of love and radio. And made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. Thank you. Extra special thanks to Ali Mothra Perry, Andrew Simmons, Casey Anderson, Chakrit Sudachan, Dan Palmino, Jacqueline Leake, Jason V, Joe Palmieri, Sam Huffman, Sandrew, Nick actually has to read this, Schroeder, William Spears, and Edging Candy Tuft. I'm Nicholas Sardine Punch Punch Vanderkolk. Thanks for listening. <laughs>